0: Hello and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is your host, Debbie Adaya, and today I am so excited to have in the studio here with me, Matt Browning and Amy Schuber. Matt has been an entrepreneur since 2002 and is the host of the top 10 ranked iTunes marketing podcast called The Driven Entrepreneur. He filmed in the movie The Journey with Brian Tracy and Bob Proctor, and you've seen him on TV on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. As a two-time best-selling author, Matt captivates all types of audiences with an honest, hilarious, and exciting look into leadership, motivation, and entrepreneurship. He's been speaking full-time since 2006 all over the world, including the US, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Matt has produced over 200 multi-day seminars and workshops and has spoken at well over a 1,000 events. And Amy Schubert... For over a decade, Amy has been successfully coaching business owners on building, growing, and sustaining a prosperous business while staying grounded and connected. Amy has learned success in business and life comes from not doing more, but having a different approach by being aligned, thoughtfully aware, engaged, and connected to oneself and one's mission on a deeper level. Amy is also the host of the Inspired Conversations podcast, where she shares insightful conversations with thought leaders like Dr. Joe Vitale, Jin Sincero, John Lee Dumas, Mariel Hemingway, and hundreds more who are making a difference with their work in the world. The goal is to produce more thoughtful conversations based on conscious business, mind, body, spirit, and well-being in hopes to spark your heart and ignite your soul into a deep dive of self-discovery. Amy intends for these conversations to inspire people to learn, create, and thrive in their lives with over half a million listens in over a hundred countries. She's also been featured in Inspired Conversations and in iTunes, New and Noteworthy. Amy is doing an amazing job in podcasting, as well as Matt. Matt's been in the top 10 on iTunes, so really excited to have him on the show today and get into this conversation of podcasters on purpose. So welcome to the show, guys. Hi, thanks for having us.
1: Super excited. We're going to have our three-way conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's start with actually Amy, because Amy's been doing podcasting quite a while. How many years have you been podcasting for now? I've just crossed the four-year mark of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. We were just celebrating your four-year anniversary on stand-up paddle boards, right? We were, (laughs) actually. (laughs) What a way to celebrate. (laughs) And you've had some exceptional guests on your show as well, yeah? I have, yes. Yeah. What's been your favorite part of podcasting? Gosh, that's such an interesting and
2: kind of a hard question to answer because there's so many things that have been favorites for me. One of them is the connections that you create and the rapport you build with people inside the conversations and then outside the conversations like this. We wouldn't be here having this conversation without podcasting, right? Because that's how we met and friendships are formed and and the rapport that we build and the learnings that come out of that. That's been really amazing for me.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. And, and I love that yours is inspired conversations and the conversation you have truly are inspiring. Oh, thank you. People you talk to. And Matt, you've actually haven't even had your podcast that long, but you've skyrocketed up into the top 10, which is pretty exceptional, which I want to dive into a little bit later and how that's been working out for you. But what would you say your favorite part so far of podcasting is?
1: Well, not to uh, pair it too much, but I think the, in all seriousness, like we were just talking about this over lunch together. And uh, I think the, the connections and the celebrity almost that you can bring into the other things you do in life, right? So into, you know, I've already had an existing business for 12 years and been an entrepreneur for 16 years. So to add that in, I've been able to kind of almost like cross leverage, I'm going to TM. That's a new word.
0: Cross leverage, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. TM. Put it on a T-shirt. But like being able to cross leverage and say, well, now I can bring my my seminar student list people into the podcast world, and then I have new podcast listeners that get introduced to my seminars, and and just being able to have that that new um, that new playground has been really cool. And then obviously, there's a reason why now we get to sit together and hang out, and you know, we're all in Orange County together, and
0: like that's a cool <laughs> thing, you
1: know. Without a podcast, you couldn't do that.
0: It's so true. Yeah, we all met as icons of influence at the new media summit, which was really exceptional. And there's something really special I find and I'd love to get your take on this. I think podcasting is a unique journey. I know we all have our own businesses as well. And and we're all successful in our own right in that area. But there's something really different about the podcasting journey that when you're by yourself, sometimes can feel lonely if you're, you know, podcasting at home by yourself sometimes. So I love having met you guys and sharing the journey with you. What would you say? As far as, like, podcasting, isn't it kind of amazing to have other podcasters in your life that are sharing that with you?
2: I think so, yeah. I mean, for for me, when I first started, I had a community that was online, and then I was really isolated. And I was really just connecting with the interviews and the guests that I was having on. And then come to, like, this past year, I've had, like, a live community show up, which is really changed me and empowered me in a new way, which has been sort of interesting. And it gives you this license to connect and and be with people in a new way. And it gives you this qualifier. You know, it's like you're in this club. And it could that attests for anything, right? If you're in corporate or if you're a leader or if you're a C level, whatever you want to decide or, you know, wherever you are. But when you're a podcaster, it gives you this connection with people. And everyone doing it is doing it for a really good reason. It's really intentional. I don't think anyone turns on the mic to start talking just for no reason, right? There's always something behind it. And when you connect with people like that, I think it really is interesting. And it, you kind of go deeper with people sooner or faster because of that. That's what I found. I don't know if you've experienced the same.
1: Well, I, I love too, like the, the format that podcast brings. And we were talking about this. And now we're starting to do more masterminding together as podcasters. And it's funny, I hear a lot of people talk about like the isolation in podcasting. And I, I've i had the opposite in That I didn't come from a podcast world, right? So I, I built a business surrounded around live immersion with people. So if anything, and then also like in church life, I'm like constantly just amongst people. So podcasting for me, it might be completely opposite in everyone else, but it's allowed me to have a little bit of like almost downtime in a way. So I, I kind of like it. I go into my basement office, turn on the mic, and then I can just record and, and then I can go back and have alone time or be with my family. But I realize a lot of podcasters have come out in the community realizing, Hey, like there's community out here, you know, you cause you're podcasting from one spot in the, in, in the country into the other spot. And someone's in Europe and they feel, I talked to someone in Wales the other day who was just saying, man, no one out here like has the same mindset Right. He was in this place where it was like not very positive in the particular geographic area. So he's like, I want to reach out to all these different communities. So I just, I I love that there's now some podcast communities. Right. it's not just the one we're in, but there's more ways sprouting up and there's more conversation around it. And Debbie, you got, you know, your teaching going on, on it. And it's not like when you started Amy four years ago, we were talking this morning, how like four (laughs) years, like podcast years are like dog years, you know, or if you've been podcasting for four years, that's as if it was 28. And and back in right back in your day, it was like one community or two communities, maybe. And now there's just so much support, right?
0: Yeah, so true. And I, one of the things I love about podcasting too, I think, is that you can you can be in your own home, not super fancy. I don't know if you guys know. Sometimes I actually podcast in my like PJs or <laughs> my yoga clothes. Not right now. We're all dressed very well, but <laughs> very well,
1: very very well. Notice uh, this one is not on video. Exactly.
0: (laughs) 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 But at least we're not in our PJs, right? (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) So having that and being able to be at your home and start to share some of the messages too, I think one of the things that I love about podcasting on purpose is really sharing that voice of our soul, that part of ourselves that we're here to gift humanity with, that purpose. And I think that can be scary when you're starting to share that on a more of a global scale. And one of the great things that I found about podcasting for me is having the gift of being able to record it from home and then just put it out there and just push submit and publish. And there you go. It's gone. And you guys get to to be there with us listening to it. But it's it's a little bit more gentle way than maybe going on a stage, Matt, and doing it live like you've done your career, you know, starting off with these major stages that you have and have had. So I, I kind of like that a lot, too, about podcasting. I'd love it if each of you could talk a little bit about your shows and, you know, what you've learned from it maybe what your purpose is yourselves and podcasting on purpose so matt you want to start off
1: Sure. Why not? We're pointing at each other behind the scenes right now. You go, you go. I get to pick. (laughs) So number one benefit I found of hosting your own show is that you get to pick. Exactly. (laughs) You get to have whoever you want. Well, so it kind of goes, what what we were starting talking about is we all have this different purpose. And for me, it was like an extension of another way to communicate and reach people. And so I've seen two sides of it. There's the side that is my community that currently exists. And now, okay, so think of it like this, like in the information coaching world business, which is kind of where I come from and seminars they, over the last 10 years, it's a lot of work to like produce new content. So I, I've had this course called double your dollars forever. that was just, it was like a seven day audio program. Still have it. But I think about the work in my mind that I thought it was going to be. And I went in and produced this audio program. And now I'm producing like an hour and a half of audio every single week from two shows every week, 52 weeks a year. So podcasting is is opening up this larger, longer, deeper conversation where it doesn't have to be so perfect, right? I I love this idea of exactly how we're doing it, where it's like live to tape, you know, it's not this perfect scripted, edited thing. And it takes the pressure off of trying to produce great content because some of the best content to me, comes when you're just starting to talk and think things through. And then, bam, here comes this nugget of wisdom or this idea or these three secrets come out, and your listeners get to listen to that. So it's been having my students from seminars now get to – plug the ones that want more, want more Matt, or want more whatever we're doing. (laughs) Do we?
0: (laughs) Do we? We do.
1: (laughs) It's arguable for sure. But like those people who are like, hey, I want more of this stuff you're you're teaching, now they get to plug in every week and get something – But then it also, on the flip side, it's brand new people that otherwise I wouldn't be able to meet, find me from iTunes and iHeart and Stitcher and all that kind of stuff. So I like having both of those camps, so to speak, of people. And I didn't know it was going to happen that way. I thought it was going to be all new people, but it turned out some of the best fans are students that plug in. And then they continuously plug in later. So hey, I have been listening to the podcast for the last six months. And then they reach out when they, I do one episode they really resonated with. And then all of a sudden they decide it's time to come back to another program. So that kind of stuff happens. And that's just been, it's been a blast. It's been really cool to get to know your student base, fan base, whatever you want to call it a lot more.
0: And you're all about purpose-driven entrepreneur, which to me is the same kind of, you know, being on purpose. So what would you say about about that particular audience? Like what are the people that you you speak to and what are the issues that you address for them?
1: So when when I think of the show, it started off it was it was this kind of double meaning where, you know, the purpose-driven entrepreneur is, "Hey, there's a purpose that drives you and, you know, you're doing this for a higher reason." And it resonates with those people. But at the same time, it also, we talk a lot about like entrepreneurs origin stories and the purpose behind the motivations behind why we do what we do. And I dive into, yeah, just into those unconscious motivations. So I would say, you know, I do two different kinds of episodes a week. One is teaching Tuesdays and one's interview Fridays. Interview Fridays is about the origin stories from really cool entrepreneurs. We just did uh, Amy's this morning, which was really cool. And, And then Tuesdays, it's me teaching something that an entrepreneur needs to know. Whether it's business, I, I did one on travel hacks, a three part mini series on plane hacks, hotel hacks, and home hacks, because I'm on the road all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just those things I, I think of myself as an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 16 years. So what do I want to know about? So I'm happy to, we'll have a, a chat about health. We'll have a chat about uh, management, about leadership, about business, about speaking, about sales, uh, about travel, whatever it is. I'm thinking if you're an entrepreneur that's out there wanting to crush it in life and business, what do you want to have a conversation about? So I talk on Tuesdays about that sort of stuff.
0: That's fantastic. I love it. And for those of you who haven't actually heard Matt yet, you want to listen to his tips and and hacks and things because he's... He's been doing this a long time and he is very wise in all the areas related to business. So definitely check his show out for sure. And Amy, how about you? Talk a little bit about your show and and uh, what it is that, that who you speak to and what you speak about. So Inspired
2: Conversations, kind of like what Matt was saying about the different, like, groups that kind of follow you. It's for me being an entrepreneur and in business, I didn't start a podcast about business or talking about anything that I was doing in the business world intentionally because Inspired Conversations to me is like a – peek into me, like if you want to see what I'm interested in, just go look at who I've interviewed, right? And so, and it's been this evolution throughout the years, I could say that, because it's been a little while. And I started it with the intention of creating conversations for people to listen to that they could up-level their lives, whether it was about wellness, or entrepreneurship, business, or spirituality or something that someone maybe wants to hear or didn't know they wanted to hear it but then they heard it anyways uh, and something that could help them like deep dive and have some self discovery when i dove into entrepreneurship that's what i was doing i was having my own self discovery moment i was having my own personal development i was i had a coach and i went to a career class and it helped me direct me into entrepreneur living life and starting my own business from the corporate world. And so the intention around Inspire Conversations was to have conversations with people that I was interested in that could help me, honestly, you know, and and I'm really curious and interested in a lot of different things. And I love talking to people and learning more and then applying something. And I wanted it to be actionable. So like if you and I have a conversation, I want to hear about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then what can I get out of it that I can apply to my own life that will help me be be a better person really. Because if we can align with ourselves and have our self-discovery and have the tools and some strategies for that, then we will show up differently in our relationships. We'll show up differently for ourselves. We'll show up differently in business. And I think that's what I wanted to do because personally, I wanted it. You know, I'm this multi- multi-layered multi-dimensional woman and I need all of it right so and and we need it also to feed ourselves in our business because we need to be this whole person showing up in business too you know and so it's interesting and there was this evolution for me because I had this intention of who I wanted to talk to. I created this long list of like 400 people and those were who I went after right in the beginning. And then there was a moment where my show shifted and I started having PR people pitch to me and people wanting to be on my show. And I, you know, I evaluated to see if people were fit according to like my audience and, and, and it was so interesting cuz most of the people were and then i realized i'm like well this must be what wants to be happening in conversation like a collective conscious conversation and so i've surrendered it a bit and that's been such an interesting journey for me as well the the things that i needed to learn showed up for me in that so it's it's not just all about me it's all about everybody but what i was finding in a lot of these interviews i would have an interview and I'd be like wow i needed to hear that today this is crazy this interview has been booked for a really long time and i had a breakdown like there was a time i had a massive breakdown on a monday <laughs> tuesday i woke up and i was like i don't know how i'm going to have this conversation and it was with mark nepo and he had a book about miracles and i'm like of course i'm talking about miracles today cuz i was in the worst mindset and i was thinking like how am i going to get through this and it was such a beautiful conversation. And that was sort of the moment when I realized I'm like, oh, this is for me just as much as it's for everybody else. But I didn't go into it with that idea. And I always feel like if I need it, other people need it, too. And I'm going to share it. So it, it's it been this evolution and something I've been able to witness the collective conscious conversation that's going on after all this time to see the thread that's going on with everybody.
0: That's really beautiful. And I love how you're saying that, because I think that's so true a lot of times We have something going on and then we get on the episode and it's like, oh, yeah, I needed to hear that today. That happens almost every time I record. There's some nugget in there that was for me and a lot of nuggets, obviously, for the listeners. But what would you say was your most inspired conversation? I know you have a lot of episodes, but if you could pick one of your top conversations and what you maybe got out of it.
2: That's such a hard question for me to answer. answer. I mean, honestly, because I've had (laughs) like 400 conversations, you know, and. I will say the most impactful, I think, was Mark Nepo because of what I had gone through the day before, literally the day, night before, and then woke up like woke up wanting to cancel. Like, I don't think I can show up. And I waited a long time for that interview with him. And the reason it was the most impactful wasn't because of what he said to me. It was how he saw me before. So up until then, when I was having celebrities on, it was kind of like, hi, here's here's what I want to talk about my book whatever and then we're done great like make it quick and dirty right because you want to honor their time and I don't know what he said but he had said something to me like how are you and it was the first time I saw somebody eye to eye on on Skype you know he left his video on and I left mine on like accidentally and I would, then I was intimidated and he said oh how are you and I said oh I'm doing okay but I don't think I did the normal like I'm great and he asked me questions about who I what was up what's up and I thought really do you really care what's up with me? And so he was impactful because he was really in it with me and interested in me. And I was surprised by that. And then I think from there out, everything he said really had an impact on me and it was really the perfect conversation for what was going on. And in the moment, I didn't share the breakdown in the interview because it was just too raw and, you know, I was processing some stuff. But he was amazing the way he showed up and that was super unexpected. But that continues to happen in the conversations. You know, the more vulnerable I can be in the conversations. And I've had some really interesting situations and some really interesting guests share and In moments, it's hard for me to be that vulnerable, but then on the other side of it, I can see how it's important, you know? So I think it's just, it's a difficult question to answer. I mean, I've had some amazing conversations, but-
1: Do you think that like what you were just talking about, has it shifted over time? Have you like become more authentic? And that sounds weird. I don't mean it that way, but like, have you been in front of the microphone, found yourself being able to be more vulnerable and authentic over time? And has that- has that become something that's more valuable and more listenership, and you know what I mean? Yeah, more connection, absolutely. May, I feel like it would. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But it's kind of scary. Yeah, in the beginning, it's like for me, I wanted to inspire the inspired a conversation to be focused on the guest, and I, you know, that's where I wanted to take it and leave my story out of it, you know. But then I've also seen opening up how that helps people get to know you more and being vulnerable and feeling like oh it's safe to share a little bit about my story. I think it's always hard if you're going through something and you're sharing it in the moment, but I yes, I think opening up and, and it's taken time for me personally because I think I wanted to show up a certain way in my show and then I've seen the power of when you show up vulnerably in conversations, how that impacts and and I've gotten the feedback too. You know, recently I got this amazing beautiful email from this woman cuz I had recently celebrated my fourth anniversary and said, if you, if, it, if it's impacted you, I'd love to know. And she said, I'm not one to share, you know, in public, but I want to tell you the impact of your show. And she told me and it was so beautiful. And I was like, that's exactly why I do it you know, and it was so amazing. You know, she's from Minnesota getting her through the winter, listening to every single show. It was beautiful. And I was like, I would have never known that. And I don't know her, you know, but it's beautiful. The impact it has, it's impacting me. And to hear that it's impacting others is really cool.
0: That's really powerful. Yeah. And it's interesting too, as a podcaster, I think you don't always get that direct feedback. Like you might get from say a stage, like you hear these stories, you know, interspersed in different things. We find out what the journey's like on the other end. So if you're listening in and this show is impacting in any way, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Send Debbie a beautiful email. Oh, please. From <laughs> Minnesota. We all, we want to yeah. hear it. Yeah,
0: we want to hear it. You, you can send that to support it at com. I would absolutely love to hear how things are going, and I'll make sure to share it with these guys so that they know. Yay. So Matt, tell us a little bit about what maybe, I know you, you've you had a lot of episodes too, and I know it's a tough question, but what would be one of the things that you've taken away from the interviews that you've done that maybe was one of those moments where you're like an aha or something that really kind of impacted you in a, in a big way from your show? Well,
1: I've kind of an interesting perspective on this too, that I think, again, just as we're, we're sitting here, the three of us chatting about the world of podcasting and, and our different takes on it, I have an interesting take because it, like in my day job, you know, in, in my day business, I'm an expert, right? And you know, we know plenty of people in the expert business. But then in podcasting, most of us just like Amy, you were talking about being, uh, I want to be a host. And in media, you have being a host. And that means everything is about the guest but in the expert world or the coaching world or the speaking world i kind of you have to have it be about you in that i'm the one with the knowledge that i'm teaching sharing coaching on so when i went into podcasting I was trying to figure out how do you bridge that gap between being a great expert because my tribe, the people listening to the Driven Entrepreneur on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, they want me, but then also I want to highlight these great guests and be an invisible host. So I've been bridging that gap between kind of being both and it's, I think I've gotten better at it over time. And like you, Amy, I started off really trying to be more of a host than anything else. So when I had the people on, I'd say, oh, just ask them questions and and keep going through. But very quickly, I realized that the better formula was highlighting the guest, asking them great questions, putting them in the spotlight of expertise. But then when they say something, I have no problem interrupting and and, you know in a fun way because we're having this conversation where it's more like now we're two experts having coffee metaphorically together and talking about this subject so just like we did with you this morning i'm like oh well tell me about this that's interesting that this happened for you so for me this was what it was like and do you relate to that and then we we really move it into this authentic cool conversation that the listener is more like a fly in the wall for rather than me just hosting someone and being invisible so i've gotten good feedback on that and that's been a big growth for me is stepping into the spotlight when I don't feel like I should and then also stepping out of the spotlight so I can lift up more people too so it's it's a weird battle but I feel like I'm winning it and I feel I feel
2: like like it's
1: starting to come together
0: it's a balancing act it's a balance yeah Yeah, definitely for sure it's an interesting dance too I think Sometimes when we're starting out with stuff on each other's toes a little bit when you're learning, I know in some of my editing instructions, I'll say, okay, it's okay to leave. in if we're talking at the same time, unless you're like, no, you go, no, you go. <laughs> that was early on with my show, Spiritual Entrepreneur, because I was finding that happened a lot. So, you know, I'd also love to hear a little bit too. I know we were talking today at lunch. I wish we had had these mics on during lunch because we had the best conversation. That was
1: the exact conversation. I feel like we should have recorded. Yes. <laughs> which is all of us talking over each other. <laughs>
0: Um, Which is really, uh, you know, Matt was sharing some of his amazing tips and things and how he's been building his business and getting more media visibility and other things. So is there any part of that that you'd like to share while we're sitting here, maybe talking on the show?
1: Yeah. I mean, what, what, uh, so for me, I've been doing, uh, well, we were talking about podcasting, but then also about radio or about syndication and and what does that do for you? Uh, So we've been running into a lot of people at the podcast conferences lately that, And I'm curious what you you two think also. So you get a business card and it says, got my podcast, but then it also says, you know, 102.6 FM and 1060 AM, whatever city. For me, I feel like that's like, whoa, you know, as much as we like to say that, you know, the old media is dying or TV and radio doesn't have the reach. I think there's still that part of us, especially if you're over 20 years old that, you know, we all like we grew up the people on TV are celebrities and the people on the radio are celebrities. And it's like, but then podcasting is where you really reach people. So, so I've been really pushing to, to look at syndication, to look at that. Not so much because of more listenership. The listenership is always up to us. It's up to us to organically promote and to advertise if you want to, or to cross promote or whatever we do. But I think that that syndication piece, the showing up on, you know, NBC or ABC or CBS or Fox or whatever on TV or on radio because they have, you know, like CNBC radio networks, too. Showing up there just gives us that different level of prestige and credibility. And if you have another leg in your business as a podcaster, like again, most of us do, whether it's teaching people how to get the visibility and, you know, like you're doing Debbie, how to get your podcast up and going and and making money from it. Or if it's me doing neuro-linguistic programming and coaching trainings and personal development, you know, whatever it is we're doing that can play into it more. So we got to get ourselves out there. And as one of my coaches says, you got to hustle your celebrity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you? (laughs) It doesn't
1: feel good almost. Yeah. yeah, Right? I did an episode recently that was, I I talked about the intersection of being proud and being humble and how to bridge those two gaps. Because I feel like I want to be humble because I don't think that the things I do make me a better person. But you can also be proud of what you've done because you've worked hard at it. So being able to hold that space where you can be proud of the hard work, but you can still be humble in who you are. And so I think sometimes with the media, you know, it's like it's easy to look at someone and go, "Oh, they're full of themselves." But we have to be willing to hustle the celebrity and say, "Hey, I did this thing. I, I, you know, Amy, you you know, you put on, you know, John Lee Dumas and Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the bigger podcasts, and you put on Jen Sincero, right? You are, I mean." New York times bestselling author. She's a good friend, but to, to put up a post, like that's what you need to do. Right. Right, right. You go on, on social media today, put up the post with her archived episode and say, I was just thinking back when I had this, you know, my good friend on and you know what I mean? Like, it's like the human in us is like, oh, that's bragging or that's weird. That's, but then we have to be able to do both of those things. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but...
2: And I think people want to hear it and see it. I think if we they don't do. tell them, how do they know, right? I mean, it's funny, and I don't know if you guys have gotten this, but doesn't everybody say to you, everybody has a podcast now? No. 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 I've heard that so many times like oh yeah everybody's podcasting. You <laughs> I haven't. like, how we, I like
1: how we say no. And <laughs> no.
2: that's interesting cuz I get that all the time Because I, oh it's everybody's the podcasting. You're in. Yeah. But it's interesting cuz not everybody is podcasting, right? And if you look it's like yeah a lot of media is podcasting now, right? If you look at the top of the charts it's like a lot of agency kind of work, not the like in, indies like us. But it's funny people have this perception about it but it's like no they're not and and a lot of people quit. You know that whole pod fade thing is real and the commitment behind it, which is what I think brings all of us together, because we really have a commitment to the work we're doing in sharing our voices and sharing, you know, the connection we're creating. And it's a real honor to be in people's ears, right? Because it's this intimate connection, which is so cool that you really don't get like, I don't let anybody in my ears with the podcast, you know?
1: That's really, that's a really, really good point. I'm very same thing, very selective on who I let speak into my life, as I call it. Live and in digital, yeah. You know, you look yeah. at like look at your phone. How many podcasts do you subscribe to?
0: A lot, quite so a few, funny.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but not a, lot, a ton.
0: Quite... I mean, <laughs> maybe.
2: And, and
1: what, Okay, so be... I have one hundred
2: and twenty-six that need to be like downloaded. Holy moly! Or okay, so
1: so how about this? So besides your friends, besides the mm-hmm. people we know in our mm-hmm. community, because mm-hmm. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. What kind of podcast do you subscribe to for people you don't know? Because mm. for me, those are the people, and I'll tell you right now, I have not a lot. I have a couple of faith-based podcasts for preachers I like. I have a couple uh, wrestling podcasts because I'm a huge pro wrestling nerd. So I like really? all wrestling? big time. Really? Oh, yeah. WWE. Has, fact, all day long. The things day we learn long.
0: on podcasts. <laughs> oh,
1: uh, man, I was, as a kid, I was a big mark. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. Randy Savage. Yeah,
0: No wonder the superhero stuff. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I like yeah, that. You have to see his episodes on his website with him with Hulk Hans. You have to check that out.
1: It, it, yeah, that's really on good. Matt that was Browning.
0: on NBC. he there and- Yeah, NBC. There's a the clip should be there from NBC. You were on like a bunch of primetime Shows so like
1: yeah I've been doing a lot of morning shows yeah uh, so kind of doing for the book launch and again this is part of going back just to it's not about me but it's about that how do you hustle the celebrity so it's I get a chance to go do a TV segment which is like phenomenal and now here's what I do Amy like because you were saying everyone's doing podcasting right well in my world now I've been doing a lot of TV media coaching like being coached and coaching and I've been getting into that world now. So in my mind, it's like, oh, everyone, like now I get how quote unquote easy it is. It's hard work. Yeah. You got to hustle. You got to call. You got to pitch producers. It's not like they they don't come calling you unless you're a a legit celebrity out on movies or something. Um, So it's like it's hard work. But then I need to be able to say, okay, yeah, now that I did that, I think everyone's on TV. But here's a reality: we walk, you know, we walk in that coffee shop this afternoon. No one's on TV. <laughs> no one, no one in that. You are
0: <laughs> except for Matt. No.
1: <laughs> we, we went to Native Foods. No one there has a podcast.
0: It's true. Probably you know what not. I mean? Probably no one not. Has a,
1: and no one, no one hit the charts on on iTunes or no, no. one. No one does this stuff. No one has right. half a million downloads. That's insane.
0: That's crazy. But it's we all my friends. That's who we. are. Yeah. <laughs> You have lots of friends.
1: <laughs> like, right. yeah, we run in the circle where oh, everyone has a seminar, everyone right. has a podcast, it's everyone's true. on TV, it's everyone's there, but no one is. It's
2: the circle. Yes. <laughs> the podcasts on my phone are funny. It's all creative stuff, That's you know that creative stuff, creative uh, things, and also like marketing stuff, business stuff to learn about. Like I'm constantly learning, but I will tell you guys this. I'm not always listening to podcasts.
1: Mm. What?
2: I know. It's because it, you're recording so many. Because <laughs> it's it's true. I think that is true. Because... Do you
1: find your podcast listenership, um, how much you listen goes down the more you're in the industry?
0: For uh, me, yeah. Actually, my listenership. Mine has maybe. My, yeah. Me listening to other people, I think maybe. Mine are mostly spiritual, business-oriented, you, you know, publishing books, marketing, speaking uh, and then, really, spiritual stuff is mainly. And I don't actually have as many as I thought. So that's interesting to look and see.
1: <laughs> How many do you think you have?
0: I probably have about twelve that are my main go-to.
1: About twelve.
0: About that's a lot, actually. Yeah. About is that, twelve. But yeah. I don't listen to them all the time, right? I listen to them a lot on airplanes. Is one of my favorite is that places. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, you're on here. I actually downloaded you and subscribed to you so I could hear more about your show. Just this
1: morning, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Praise
0: God. (laughs) I was like, I got to know what he's talking about. So I was in my phone going, Siri, play the Driven Entrepreneur podcast. And it was just not working at all. Oh, (laughs) Oh, Siri. (laughs) Siri was not doing a good job today. But anyway, so, but yeah, probably I have about 12 that I really like that are good and that I listen to. And then right here, I only have about, I think... If I counted them up, I think there were seven that I'm one, two, three, four, five, six, eight that are subscribed to right now that are downloaded regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's interesting. But it is true that 85% of the people who listen to podcasts listen to the whole episode. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, being on sharing in social media or sharing in other mediums where you're trying to connect to someone or like sound bites, right, in major media. You're not getting as much time. Like we wouldn't have the time that we're having right now with you if we weren't on a podcast. So it's really nice to have this time together. Makes it really a special platform, I believe. Yeah,
1: definitely. It, it, it certainly is. And and so let, let's talk about that little thing. So the the long term listener or the the f- whole show listener. So we're getting in this world where, and again, I don't want to generalize, but like the younger the listener is, mm-hmm. right, the like, you know, when I think of millennial friends and people I know in their early 20s, especially, they get most of their podcasts from YouTube. Like, they go to YouTube, and one of the things I saw, and I already, I saw this with my son, he's seven years old, and we're already like, man, we got to change this. So, he, at first, he would just watch maybe some Netflix, you know, some cartoons. He found a show he likes, Garfield or something, and then, cool, he'll watch that while he's eating lunch, you know, no big deal. But then, he started finding YouTube kids, and and it's like you know there's, it's really fun. There's these kids and sometimes with their parents and they are like, all right, we're gonna make a slime recipe, blah blah blah. And he and now he has people he follows and he likes and he goes, oh yeah, so and so, you know, Katrina's superhero, I love her. And then he watches all those videos. But what I notice is this: if you look at the screen, this is my blank phone, but just look at the screen. You have the video on top on YouTube Kids. It'll have the thumbnails of other videos, and I can watch his little brain start to flicker as he's consuming one piece of content already looking for the next, which is addictive behavior. Same, that's what the same thing that happens when you're playing blackjack at Vegas and you're waiting for the next card. You're looking at one and waiting for the next and same thing with, with drugs and, and everything else. So instantly I'm like, I'm putting a stop to that. But podcasting I think is a very healthy alternative because when you subscribe to a podcast, you're, you're not looking at it with videos and clips and, and scrolling through social media. Hopefully, if you go over to it and you subscribe, now I just have one podcast showing up on my screen and I get to play it. And I personally, I, that's me. I, the ones I listen to, which are not a ton, I listen to the whole thing. And I'll listen to it over the course of a few days sometimes, you know, if they're an hour or two hour episode. Listen to it fifteen minutes in the car, and then ten minutes before I go to bed, and and that kind of thing. So I, I think it's actually podcasting can be a solution to some of the fast twitch brain fiber you know addiction addiction issues. I don't have any uh, evidence to back it up. I just think that's what's happening.
0: I love that. I don't remember who was saying this. If you guys remember who it was, it was during that the t- the event where we met. They were saying something about how a lot of the the younger generation as well have a lot of photos and videos and things on their computer, on their phone. So... They don't want to download the podcast in like the traditional iTunes app. They wanna actually watch it on something like YouTube where it stays hosted
1: right? on the YouTube. Because they don't platform. have room. Space.
0: Right. They don't have space. Yeah. Because on their they were phone. getting
1: hand-me-down hand too, me down right? phones. Hand me down phones,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Sixteen gigs or whatever, so they don't have room for all that. That's fascinating.
0: So that's another thing. But I love I love that podcasts are I I like to download them onto my phone and listen to them at my leisure too. And I'm I'm totally I listen to the whole thing as long as I, I'll pick a time when I know I'm gonna be doing something for a while. Like exercising, if I'm going to go and get on an elliptical machine for a long time, I don't want to be thinking about how much my legs are burning. So I'm listening to
2: <laughs> beating my brain.
0: <laughs> I know that's not the most conscious way to exercise. But what do well, you think, Amy? What's well, your...
2: it's that it has your full <laughs> attention. because <laughs> It's not the
1: most conscious way to Exercise, exercise
2: it's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: It has a full attention,
2: <laughs> though, because it's not visual, right? Like, I think right. we are so inundated with so much visual effects nowadays, right? And the millennials, I'm not a millennial, but it's the, you know, the millennial and so on generations, they're so inundated with all the vi- visuals, right? So I think podcasting is that solution, because when you're selecting a podcast, like we all just said, we're very intentional about who we're listening to and why we're listening to them, right? So we're giving them our space. So I think that's why it's such an attention. Like we give it so much attention because we're really listening and tuning in for a reason.
1: I got a question. What What do you two think about – do you ever find yourself in the middle of an episode like – or beginning, middle, or end as you're recording, trying to fight to like make sure you get their attention – Like, you know, say if you were going to do like a video advertisement on Facebook, you got to get them in the first three seconds and you have to do this and you have to do that, you know, and it's very much like interruption marketing, right? Where again, in podcasting, I try to remind myself, Hey, this is supposed to be a slow burn. Like if they got my podcast, hopefully they know who I am or they've heard something before. What's your take on, like, I don't know, how how engaging you're trying to be early on? Or do you ever worry that now you've gone so long and you want to make sure it's still valuable or you keep attention at the end? Or do you just sort of just roll with it?
0: It's interesting. I, I think for me it's I, – I caught myself when I was doing the introduction, actually, for this episode. I'm like – those bios are longer than I probably should. Should I keep these should are such long bio. bios? But they're you know I mean it's important things about you guys and I want to obviously honor you because you're both extraordinary in, in what you do. And I also a lot of times will add music underneath that. So probably when you heard the intro today, you heard their bios with music underneath it, because I find that that's even more engaging in some ways. And I think it's a different voice for me than when I actually get into it. And if I was on video, I probably would be waving my hands or doing something to try and catch the attention visually. And this I use the music to try and kind of bring in the connection. But yeah, I do, I do have a conversation in the beginning, especially of how long am I reading something or what's happening with that. And I want it to be an engaging conversation that is, provides value. Right. Because obviously, I value your time when you're listening in today with us. We all value your time and we want to make sure that you're getting something great out of the conversation.
2: I feel feel like um, I haven't really thought about it that way, but I feel like when people get to know you, they kind of know what to expect from you. I like the way I've done it in my format's been the same. And my show goes about 40, 45 minutes, no longer than that, because personally, I don't have the attention span to listen much longer unless I'm in LA traffic or on a flight. Right. I'll, I'll listen to a longer episode of, of longer shows. You know, so
1: you wouldn't listen to your own show more than like 45 minutes anyway, whoever show it, is.
2: whoever show, like I know I have about 30 minutes for myself. Right. And so just knowing that, so I'm sort of serving myself in that that respect, even though I could have really long conversations, you you know, Debbie and I go into deep conversations for hours. (laughs) Matt and I do it too. It's like, (laughs) but it's, it's interesting because for me, it's just like my own attention span. And I think if, if you've set up your show in such a way, people know what to expect, you know, like the format, hopefully that engages them, but you're right. I mean, getting the attention in the beginning from new listeners, maybe, but you got to wonder why they found you in the first place, something about what you're sharing or who you're talking to, Uh, Might be what's intriguing them to listen in longer, but it that's it's interesting to catch the attention, right? Because everyone does it differently. I mean, that's the thing about podcasting. There is no real secret formula. Everyone probably just
1: my own fears too that I'm going to have a brand new listener that found us on iTunes, and then 15 seconds in, it's like, oh, get to the point, blah blah, (laughs) or whatever. You know, in my head, they're they're probably doing that as But I'm like, well, I'm not really recording. And again, I'm trying to remember too that as we're doing this, this is for an audience of people who are or want to podcast, right? So I think that's a really good thing that all of us really agreed on is whether you're concerned about getting someone's attention or not keep your voice true yeah. and and your format to what you want it to be and then those people know what to expect yeah. and you give your value, right?
0: Well, and one of the things that I find is that I tend to attract I, listeners that are like me. I think a lot of people do. So being true to what you like, like Amy was saying, what would I listen to, I think is so great. You know, I have 30 minutes. So I'm probably going to attract someone like me who likes 30 minutes if that's her thing. And for you, when you share what you share, you're going to be sharing, you know, in your own pacing, right? So they're going to be automatically attracted to your pacing, Matt, too. So that's so I think really That's really good, great. Debbie. Thank you.
1: (laughs) No, that's a really good point. Yeah, and and that's you know it's funny. Those are the podcasts I like. Mm -hmm. I like the ones I listen to. One of my wrestling podcasts I like. (laughs) They they usually go anywhere from two hours to even five hours on a really big topic.
0: That's awesome. And you (laughs) if you go right,
1: but you go to a conference and they'll say, oh, what's the right timing for a podcast? How many times have you had that question asked? You know, someone, what's the right timing? You go, well, there isn't one. Right. But you do need to know your audience. And these guys, they get a million downloads an episode. Wow. Not ever, an episode. Wow. Because they have this rabid fan base that just want that behind the scenes conversation. And when they have, you know, they say, let me talk about The Undertaker, his career in 1996 they cover the whole year. And if it takes five hours, it takes five hours. And I found myself listening to the whole dang thing. Wow. It might take me a week to listen to it. but Because <laughs> right with iTunes now, you just, wherever you stop, you stop. I pick yep. it back up on my iPad later. I yep. listen to it before I go to bed. I listen to it in the car when I'm driving 20 minutes. And I don't have an issue with it. So I kind of like, you know what? if you like me, then that's how I'm going to do things.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and you wouldn't want them to stop 30 minutes in. You'd be like, I want the rest. On right? demand. So yeah. It makes, it makes total sense.
1: And it's so easy with pausing now. It's like literally yeah. you just pause, yeah. set a sleep timer, you know, or whatever people, I, that's what I do. But. Sleep timer.
0: Sleep timer?
1: Do <laughs> you ever use that on, on Apple podcast? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well it depends on what your belief is like i i fall asleep to podcasts
2: yeah i fall asleep listening to oh, really? so
1: what i do is if you go on here everyone should do this if you have your any
0: podcaster. nlp and positive affirmations yeah, here, we can fall asleep <laughs> to. <laughs> here, here,
1: here's not sam wrestling i listen to but if you just scroll up on the on the page of your your play you just scroll up and you get sleep timers on apple I, uh, podcast oh, oh, so and you I set it something 15 new. minutes so wow. then when you press play and you're like, la, la, la. Hey, I love having someone's voice just drift me off to sleep. That's,
0: That's great. Amazing.
1: And then, but you'll hear like some of it, but then you'll kind of, your brain starts to get dreamy, mm-hmm. but then it'll stop at whatever point. So you don't miss the whole episode. Yeah. Kind of fun. And then yeah. you
0: hear the <laughs> slam dunk of the wrestlers. Are hitting
1: the- <laughs> they don't really do slam dunks.
0: I don't know. See, I'm not a wrestling fan. It is true. That body
1: slam, body slam. Body slam, body
0: slam. i have actually true. And I've probably watched two wrestling pieces of matches in my life, maybe. (laughs) But it is true. People will watch, you know, NFL all day, right? Think of Super Bowl Sunday, like it's an event. So it makes sense that a wrestling podcast would be ours, you know, because people like the event of learning about that and being in the back room footage or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) These
1: are all very good made-up words.
0: (laughs) These are the trademark. Back room footage. (laughs) (laughs) Back mat, I don't know. Back mat footage. Um, So... I want to talk a little bit too about you guys. So how has your show grown so fast, Matt? Because you have such a great story with how, I mean, it's pretty exceptional for someone to have the rocketing success that you've had with your show. Would you be willing to share a little bit about that?
1: I'll share a little bit about that. Awesome. So, so the first thing really is what everyone says, which is organic growth. You got to share, you got to promote. And before you do any of that, here's, here's what I think is, So when I first got into podcasting, I listened to a lot of different podcasts. And what I came away thinking is a lot of people are not good at podcasting. (laughs) Am I the only one?
0: No, it's not Well, clearly we're all really great at it. No, we're amazing.
1: (laughs) We're amazing. But look, I mean, even, you know, for us, like we've never done this three-person right table, but here we are, like we're figuring it out, you know? And I I think every episode kind of has that build, but there's some people who, and they're the ones who tend not to be in it long-term, but you know, the pod fade and everything, they weren't. Listen to your show, like record three shows and throw them away, but listen to them and ask yourself genuinely, would I listen to this? And I, I was shocked. So some of my first shows and even the ones I put out eventually, I was like, gosh, I think those are okay. But I put extra effort in the beginning. Um, I had uh, Jeremy who runs the office. I had him come in as like a co-host, more like the producer. And I realized the shows I listened to that I liked, they had maybe like the expert was sort of like the front runner. But then he had like the quote unquote producer, the person helping or running the sound was in the room and would, you know, maybe do 10% of the conversation. Right. So I was like, I kind of liked that format. So I played with that. And then it became logistically difficult to do as I'm on the road and whatnot. I couldn't always be here in the, in the studio. Um, but I wanted to produce a show that I thought like I would listen to that I thought was a good quality. And that goes for seminars. It goes for writing a book, all this stuff, you know, people's, how do you get your book to bestseller? Well, first make sure it's a good book. (laughs) And I think sometimes in this world, we get too caught up in making the perception something And, you know, so it's like, there's no point in trying to get the show promoted. If the show's not good, if you wouldn't look at your own phone and tell your friend, oh my gosh, you got to listen to this one. I really like that. You know, this guy has such a great style. You know, this lady is so, she has such a good take on spirituality. It's like totally different for you. If you're not going to do that already, then there's no point. So I'm not saying my show's the best or anything. It's got all sorts of flaws. It's got all sorts of cool stuff. (laughs) We're figuring it out. Right. (laughs) But after 70 episodes, I can say genuinely that I'm proud of it and I put energy into it and it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I really try hard to make it a good show. And then with that, you, you, you push it to the moon. You do all the strategies of, of, I you know, I'll record video and audio and then I'll extract the audio for the podcast feed. And I take the video and put it up on the YouTube channel and then I put it back up onto Facebook and then I'll do Facebook lives to the 5,000 Facebook, you know, and then my 7,500 Facebook Page followers, you know, so and there's not that much duplication. So it goes out to like 12,000 people. I do the Facebook live and then I download that video and then take the audio and put it on the podcast feed doing all of the cross promotion. That's really a big deal. Cross platform sharing has been a big deal. And I don't know if this is a, a secret in the podcast world or not, but I also hired a PR firm. So i hired a podcast PR people and what they do is they have, you know, there's networks of, of platforms and of people that are, that are, um, sharing it with their subscriber bases. And that's kind of how podcast PR works. It's a little Not a lot of people know how it works exactly. You know, <laughs> um, you stay away from any, the, they call it like the black hat. We were talking about that at the conference, you know, where they get like bots to make fake things and fake downloads. You don't do that. It's like cost you 50 bucks and then you get banned from iTunes. But with a PR firm, what they'll do is they genuinely will will share it out to people in their um, in their network that that have agreed to be able to share and put these different episodes on platforms. So you get the same effect of an organic subscriber base increase and an organic uh, download increase. And what ends up happening, now you might think, oh, it should all be, well, no business has no marketing, right? It's going to grow real slow. So I do a combination of both. But when you get yourself out there more prominent by doing some PR, then you end up showing up in the charts. And then when you show up in the charts, then more people will find you that didn't know you. So it's like you increase, just like on Facebook you know, pages, if you do an ad, you increase your your paid exposure, but that also increases your organic exposure. And both go hand in hand. So that's a lot of what I've been doing. I've been really pushing into it. I've been spending some money and it's working.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely working for you. That's fantastic. Um, Do you have any recommendations on how to pick a PR place? Or do you, like, what would you say to someone who might want to do that if they're listening in?
1: DM me on social media and I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. Because a lot there's not a ton of them and there's definitely stay away from anything that is like from Fiverr. (laughs) Don't go, I'm serious. Like don't there's a ton of these people and just don't, don't do it. it. Don't do it. Um, You know, look for something that is, it should be a little bit pricey. I'll put it that way. And it's just like, you know, if you're a photographer looking for the right lens, you're not going to shop at Walmart. And get a four ninety nine lens. You're going to go to the camera store, going to go online and get a twenty five hundred dollars or seventy five hundred dollars lens. same kind of a thing if if it's really real and it's actual advertising and platform distribution, it's going to cost a little money.
0: Gotcha. Great. Would you say that the media that you're doing is also supporting that, the new media that you've been getting into more of the traditional side of it?
1: Yeah, on, on the TV media. Yeah,
0: I mean, are you finding that? I know you hear a lot of times media begets media, right? So, are you finding that there's? well, you talked about cross platform. What was your new trademark term? Cross, oh, b- well, was cross it?
1: leverage. Cross leverage. Cross leverage. Amy, are that you? So good. Yeah, I'm yeah. listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it 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 does. Um, it's it, it's almost it is a little bit of a slippery slope. It's like or what I would call um, an upward spiral. Right. It's an upward spiral where the more TV I do, it's not that all of a sudden people come calling, but then people that have, fo- I've, I've had people follow me for years or have been kind of an outskirt friend that have known me, you know, for a long time. And all of a sudden I'm doing my book launch party and then they show up at the book launch. But a lot of it, I know they came to buy a book and then they're going to come to a seminar and they've known me for seven years. But the reason they're finally going to buy something from me is because they go, they saw that I was up on ABC, and then they saw that I was on the road speaking at this event with so and so or such and such, and then they saw that I, I put that I was up in the iTunes charts, and so they're like, "Wow, now you're doing something," and <laughs> it's a human nature thing. I don't know, you know, something funny that way. They see
2: the momentum, way.
0: right? Like they the, see the momentum. The momentum builds around yeah. all that. A million downloads is pretty exceptional. So what would you say for, like, growing your show, like, or or achieving those kind of download numbers? What are some of the tips you might have?
2: I think it's, like, just what Matt was saying. And it's also that engagement, right? It's, like promoting it and sharing it and connecting and cross-promoting the guests that you have. I mean, it's easy to do it when you have an amazing guest that you can kind of cross-promote with and, and ask, ask for people to share, ask for people to share it and share it and share it again, you know, and we also, the reason we all ask for ratings and reviews is because it matters for us to have that push. So it's important for us to sort of see that people are listening. It's important for iTunes. It's important for the the technology to see that people are
0: listening as well. So on that Rate review, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subscribe. We'd love that if you do that with the show because this is uh, this is our first like episode after the welcome episode. Yeah. So, so when you keep... rate
1: and review, Debbie for sure, yeah. five yeah. stars or however many you
2: and think Matt is and Amy do.
0: <laughs> it matters.
2: It it really does matter, yeah. and that's why everyone keeps asking for it because if you don't ask, you don't get it. But it for those who don't know about podcasting, it just kind of it keeps you relevant and and bumps you up, and it gives you that validation that I guess the. The behind-the-scenes technology needs from us, right?
1: Well, if you're listening to this show and you're podcasting and you're wanting to podcast, like. One of the first things to do if you're wanting more listeners is to, and whether it's energetically or whether it's, uh, algorithms, however it works, support other people. Like I write so many reviews and rating everyone's podcast. If I find out about it, if I like it, if I know the person, I'm going to go on and give them five stars and leave a review because I want to be that person who just gives and gives and helps. And then when I ask for that too, Hey, it's like, it's no big deal. It's like, you know, the world supports.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It matters. It just matters. (laughs) It really does. I'd love if you guys could just leave one piece of advice with the listener today. Wow. You know what? Follow your heart with your podcast. If you're thinking about podcasting,
2: just do it. There are so many barriers to entry that are so easy. like It's not a big deal. Just go for it. Do it. And you'll tune your voice as you go. So don't even worry about that. Get out of your own way and do it. That's what I would say.
0: And how about you, Matt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I've learned so far in doing this for just nine months or 10 months now is it's, I have to be more disciplined than I thought I would have to be. So really be willing to make that commitment of this is, this is a every week thing, having a Monday show or, you know, or whatever. an every Monday show it just, it takes the discipline and the willingness to, to sacrifice because it's easy sometimes, but then there's going to be a Monday that you're like, I do not feel like recording right now. And there's systems and ways to, you know, you can batch record and things like that. But, but just knowing that you're going to do this on the slow burn, it's going to take time. your results will ramp like a hockey stick. And it's sometimes it's the, the low hockey stick first before it ramps up towards the end. And are you willing to see it through for six months? for a year and a half until you start to see a, a, a larger growth so be willing to see it through
2: yeah can i add something to that i'd also say like what Matt's saying make the commitment to yourself so give yourself like so many shows that you're going to do and publish them by, like by a deadline make the commitment and then i want to also say don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to ask for interviews don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to ask other podcasters find the communities there's tons of them and podcasters are willing to be supportive and help so don't be afraid to ask
0: Yeah, and you can always come and join our community, too. (laughs) I'd love to have you. I mean,
1: just ask (laughs) Debbie. (laughs) ask I think she can help.
0: So if you're new, or well, I guess you'd be new. If
1: you're new to the podcast podcast after episode
0: one. We'd love to have you rate, review, and subscribe. And just know that it is your time to podcast on purpose. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a delightful pleasure, and look forward to seeing you next episode. Hey there. Have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and set up for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use (laughs) to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com.